back to another episode of Queer Science. I'm Brie, one of your co-hosts, and yes, my name is a type of cheese. And I'm R, the 18th letter of the alphabet and your other co-host for this podcast. Queer Science explores the intersection of science, society, and queerness in order to think critically about the ways in which science is done. So R, I have a question for you. Do you think bisexual men exist? What kind of question is that? Of course they do. Because apparently some scientists feel as if they need to scientifically and objectively discover our own experiences, which we as queer people have known the whole entire time. If you're unsure of where I'm going with this, then I'll give you some context. This past summer, a scientific journal named The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America. Whew published an article titled Robust Evidence for Bisexual Orientation Among Men. And if that already doesn't sound problematic, let's have R read to you the significant section of this paper. Ahem. There has long been skepticism among both scientists and laypersons that male bisexual orientation exists. Skeptics have claimed that men who self-identify as bisexual are actually homosexual or heterosexual. The existence of female bisexuality, by the way, has been less controversial. This controversy can be resolved using objective genital responses of men to male and female erotic stimuli. We combine nearly all available data from eight previous American, British, and Canadian studies to form a data set of more than 500 men, much larger than any previous individual study, and conducted rigorous statistical tests. Results provided compelling evidence that bisexual-identified men tend to show bisexual genital and subjective arousal patterns. Male sexual orientation is expressed on a continuum rather than dichotomously. It was just sort of like, why Why are they saying it like that? Like, I get you have to be official, but like, it's just so awkwardly phrased. That we couldn't help but awkwardly phrase it. Right, it's not even that we're not awkwardly phrasing it, we're reading what they already said. Last episode, we spoke with Sam Simon, a mental health counselor and PhD student at NC State. Not only did we talk about the field of psychology and queerness, but we also talked about her experiences as a bisexual person and problems with bisexual erasure. Bisexual erasure, otherwise known as bi-erasure or bisexual invisibility, is when the existence of bisexual individuals is ignored, questioned, removed, or constantly having to be re-explained. This article that R and I were just discussing is an example of bi-erasure at work within academia. Bi-erasure is incredibly invalidating and oftentimes pervasive within both straight and queer communities. So bi-erasure, I feel like, is way more common than people think from the, um, I would say heteronormative group, but also the LGBT group as well. Um, so me personally, I can speak to it as just like feeling like I didn't belong in a lot of spaces. Like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't like queer or gay enough for this space, but I'm also not like straight enough. So where do I go? I'm just kind of here. And I, I had a formative experience where I was actually in a gay club, identified gay club or queer club. And they told me, I was actually talking with someone to pick a side. It's not a loophole. 
and that if I didn't want to pick a side, I needed to get out. I was like 16. And so having those formative experiences, that that's what bi erasure means to me is just like saying, we're, we're not going to accept you because you don't fit into the specific box. And I think also it means people not understanding bisexuality and saying that it has to be binary, um, just like it has to be you like men or you like women. And I think different people have a lot of different understandings of what that is. And bi just means two. <laughs> and so for me, my personal definition of bisexuality is um, liking people who are cis and liking people who are not. Um, and so, but for different people, that might be different things. And that we see it more often than, than we think. And um, yeah, and I, I, I follow, I don't know if you guys know, Gabby Dunn. She's an amazing bisexual advocate and person. And she uh, really helped me identify what bisexuality was for myself. But I think there's a lot of bi erasure even in the medical community we were talking about a lot because I would say, oh, I, you know, I am married. And they would write down that I was like heterosexual or straight. Um, if I say I was married to a man on my intake forms or something of that sort. Um, and so it's just like, oh, because you are with this one person, it negates your entire sexuality. And that's super invalidating. You know, when some people hear bisexual, they hear that it is against trans people or, you know, non-binary people, because historically, you know, there was a lot of that within LGBT population. And, and so I think it goes back R, to what you were saying is listen to someone, sit down with them. Um, how do you know you don't agree or you are not the same at all if you don't listen? Um, and, and going back, like, I, I am straight passing with my partner now and it's weird for us um, feeling valid enough to go places that are queer places. I, I, I feel like I have to like, okay, I have to wear my bi pin or I have to like look really gay today <laughs> um, to just feel validated. And, and the fact that I have to think about that, I, I shouldn't have to. Again, there's a stereotype that bi people are promiscuous, like they're just going to sleep around with everyone because they like everyone. Like, that's not, that's not how this works. Like, why, why do people continue to show that as well is another question that I have to ask of if we're learning so much and we're adjusting, why are the people that are in charge of making uh, popular media still like perpetuating those stereotypes? Why do they still, like, it's an active choice to sit down and write that story. It's not like it doesn't happen by accident. Um, as an artist, like, I look at paintings and I know that things are very deliberate. Like, the person picked up the the paintbrush, dipped it in paint, and painted that. Like, it wasn't just a, oh, no, I tripped and fell, and all the paint fell on the canvas, and this magical masterpiece showed up. Like, it's a very deliberate decision. So writing characters who are playing that promiscuous bisexual character it it was a choice like you had to pick a character and you had to cast that character and you had to give casting orders like we're looking for this person who's this 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 and this like you're setting up that standard In 1948, Dr. Alfred Kinsey and several other scientists developed the heterosexual homosexual rating scale. You've probably heard of this as the Kinsey scale. 
Participants were ranked zero to six, with zero being exclusively heterosexual and six as exclusively homosexual. His goal was to show that bisexuals do indeed exist and there can be attraction to more than one gender. Yet he continuously defined it in terms of being predominantly heterosexual or more than incidentally homosexual, which, by the way, is a two on that scale system. Essentially, this is a more quantitative way to say pick a side. Kinsey, as well as his paper, have shown that sexuality exists on a continuum, an indefinable spectrum. But why did this need to be proven? Bisexual people have been saying this since forever. Bisexuals are real. Human experience is valid data. We didn't need some paper to tell us any differently. It's just, it's a lot. There's a lot that you could go into here. I think for me, the sentence that stands out the most to me is this controversy can be resolved using objective genital responses of men to male and female erotic stimuli. How can you judge someone's sexual orientation based on their arousal patterns? To me, that doesn't really add up. You know, our sexual orientation, our sexual identities are a lot more complex than that. Well, and like, and they specifically, like they talked about how it was bisexual men had less difference between male and female stimuli. Like the the arousal difference was less significant than with men who ranked zero or six, who ranked heterosexual or homosexual on the Kinsey scale. So it's essentially saying that like, they didn't have as much physical blood flow difference and I'm like that's not that's not representative of what orientation is again it's that whole it's the whole issue of objectively trying to study this and trying to quantify this so if you're trying to quantify anything that is taking something and putting it into numerical terms and I feel like something like bisexuality for me it doesn't do me any justice if you can quantify my sexual identity i didn't i don't need to read a paper yeah like existence is validation within itself like the the fact that this occurs makes it a valid phenomenon you don't need to put a numerical value to it like it's nice like in terms of like personal identification being able to say that like oh i'm a three on the kinsey scale like that's nice for me but it's not good to classify people based off of just that, based off this arbitrary scale that some dude made in the 19, in the 1940s. Like, it's not a good way to measure orientation or attraction or arousal or just anything. Like, it's an attempt. But to put it in terms that are saying that, like, I have clearly said that, like, bisexuality exists or it doesn't exist. Like... Just entering that discussion with that sort of confidence about something that you can't ever really measure is hugely problematic. I, I am afraid that it could feed into stereotypes as well. Well, and it's also limiting the term bisexuality to being a 50-50 split. So, like, first of all, it's not a binary system, so it can't just be 50-50. Like, to, to limit it to just two categories of attraction two genders to focus on is just that right there is flawed but then to say that true bisexual arousal is being that 50 50 having a similar response to male stimuli versus female stimuli like you can be 99.99 percent attracted to men and still have that 0.01 percent attracted to women and you're still bisexual that's valid 
it's it's putting it as terms of you have to be this equal distribution for lack of a better word of attraction and arousal like that's not what bisexuality is is so i find it interesting if you're going to measure that then so i'm looking you know i'm looking at the results right now and obviously they used the kinsey scale which is problematic in and of itself, you know. But it's pretty much the best tool there yeah. is at this point to measure something mm-hmm. like this. Yeah, it's they use it as a measurement tool. And if I guess the, if you might as well use it if you're going to have a study that's going to try to quantify this anyways. But, um, like, to me, I'm just like, how, like, do you have to be aroused 50% of the time, like 75%, 100% of the time to both? these stimuli for you to be considered bisexual where is that line being like drawn it says only participants who produced adequate arousal for our main analyses were were included the figure shows that relative response to female and male stimuli closely tracked the kinsey scale on the whole so apparently here in the results it says exclusively heterosexual and homosexual men who have kinsey scores of zero and six showed larger mean differences in their arousal to male and female stimuli compared with men who have intermediate Kinsey scores. So scores one to five. So one to five is now intermediate. Uh, So they are associated with relatively bisexual arousal patterns. I don't know how you can be relatively bisexual. Well, and then like I wrote down this thing that was like patterns of arousal consistent with their stated, uh, stated attraction implies that there is a certain way to be bi. Like, a consistent arousal. So who made that consistency? Like who said that this is within the realm of bisexuality and if you're outside of that then you aren't this? Like Yeah. Why does bisexuality have to be consistent? I mean it, it by definition sort of is the flux between being solely attracted to one gender. Like it it itself is the gray area. So how can you say something's more gray or less gray? Like, it's just that continuum. Like, the like the good part is that the article does mention that it's on a continuum, it's on a spectrum, it's on a big, massive color wheel, and not just a check boxes of one or the other. So there is that benefit to it. But to still limit it to just having like one pattern of how to be bisexual. Like, and if you don't fit that one pattern of being that perfect 50-50 split of genital arousal, then you're like, no one's, I feel like this is just my personal thing, but I feel like no one is that perfect 50-50 split. Like you can be pretty darn close in theory, but no one's going to fit that archetype of being perfectly having bisexual that true bisexual arousal like that's just some bullshit so the senior author of this study j michael bailey who has in the past written an incredibly problematic and transphobic book this isn't his first time writing academic papers about bisexuality in 2005 he published a paper which essentially argued that bisexuality in men doesn't exist which was discussed in a New York Times article that same year titled Gay, Straight, or Lying? Bisexuality Revisited. So I just want to mention how problematic the actual title of this New York Times article is, Straight, Gay, or Lying. And even at the time, a lot of bisexual people 
were pissed off at that because you don't have to read the article. It already stigmatizes that community, especially for bisexual men. So like the fact that the New York Times, which I could go on my own tangent of problems with New York Times reporting, (laughs) but it's just on their end as journalists, like, what are you doing? So halfway through the article, there's a quote from Dr. Bailey that says, I'm not denying that bisexual behavior exists, but I am saying that in men, there's no hint that true bisexual arousal exists and that for men, arousal is orientation. Uh, nothing about that is right. <laughs> um, just the idea that there is true bisexual arousal. Like, what does that even mean? A physical reaction is not consent, and it's not attraction. Like, sort of bringing up, like, other examples is the whole, like, is it cold or do you like me? Like, no, th- that my nipples do not dictate how I feel about you. Like, it's a simple physiological response to a certain stimuli. Like, be that it's temperature, it's watching pornography, like, porn. Like, it's just a physical response. It doesn't equate orientation or attraction. Mm -hmm. So. And it's it's (sighs) frustrating, too, because it's, again, prescribing that notion to men. Well, it's also, it's it's sort of dumbing it down so that men are purely physical beings. And so it discounts this whole mental aspect of orientation and attraction and just relationships in general, like to say that arousal is all that you are, like having this hyper-focus on men and what their penis happens to be doing at a moment, any moment, like to say that that, defines them is just it's I can't even think of the right word to describe it like it's just it's having this hyper focus on men being sexually defined beings and the thing is that this author he you know he wrote this paper in 2005 And then apparently in 2011, there was another paper that was like, oh, no, bisexual men do exist. And then we have this paper that comes out by the same guy and he's saying, oh, yeah, no, they definitely exist. And it's just back and forth. And it's like, we didn't ask for this. We don't need this study. Like, we just don't need it, you know? And the interesting thing is, is when you look at this paper that he published in 2005, his sample size was ridiculously small. So it's hard to even have if you want to even have robust evidence like that you can't do it with a sample size that small wait how small was the sample size so the sample size was 30 heterosexual 33 bisexual and 38 homosexual men so essentially he went to a freshman college lecture and said you are representative of the entire population of humanity This episode is a reminder that sometimes being unbiased or objective, these sort of pillars to scientific research, can be harmful to certain marginalized groups. I think it's a reminder not only of the types of questions we're asking, but who's asking them. What are their motivations? What are they trying to prove? Why does science find the need to continuously box things into one or the other, black or white, animal or plant, so on and so on? Science needs to do better at acknowledging the in-betweens and the gray areas.
the sexuality scale is useful to put things into perspective, like when I'm trying to explain my attraction to someone else, but it does not define sexuality as a whole. Bisexuality is a label to describe another type of attraction, just as gay and straight are two words to describe other orientations. Like red and blue and purple are all distinct colors, being bi is a legit thing. For more information regarding what we discussed in this episode, please be sure to check out our show notes. A transcript of this episode can be found on our website at queerscience.show. If you like this episode, you can tell us why by tweeting at us at queer underscore science. You can also find us on Facebook as Queer Science or follow us on Instagram at queer underscore sci. We are even on TikTok too, and you can find us at Queer Science. The Queer Science team believes that educational content should be accessible to all. And we are a small team of 20-somethings working to bring this podcast to our audience for free. If you like our work, consider giving the co-host a tip by supporting us at patreon.com slash queer science. You can also donate to our GoFundMe, which allows for us to afford microphones, recording software, and website upkeep. We also have merch, too, featuring the Queer Science logo and more original designs by our co-host, R. Want to support us? You can find out more by checking out our website at queerscience.show.